0: Many of us who have experienced a near-death hope for a future in which everyone will embrace the notion of an afterlife, based not only on religious faith, but on the millions of near-death reports that have happened and continue to happen every day. It's been estimated, for instance, that some 770 NDEs occur in the United States alone, every day. You can project that out to some 16,000 NDEs worldwide, more or less, with that many eyewitness reports, spiritually speaking, such free exchange of these reports could conceivably change the world. Our guest today, Scott Richardson, has been assisting a Ph.D. neuroscientist in China, Sean Liang, to create a website in Chinese for those in China interested in learning about near-death experiences. Scott speaks fluent Mandarin Chinese, having served as an LDS missionary in the Republic of China, Taiwan. Scott is on the steering committee of Central Arizona IONS. After the IONS presenters who come from around the world to Phoenix have presented, Scott often invites them to stay at his house in order to get to know them better. Scott is also the co-author of a best-selling book, now in 12 languages, entitled 100 Ways to Motivate Others, How Great Leaders Can Produce Insane Results Without Driving People Insane. Scott's day job is as the executive director of an injury law firm in Phoenix, which handles cases involving recalled medical devices and dangerous drugs, including opioids. Scott, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Welcome, Lee. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. And for our possible Chinese speakers, I will uh, welcome them in Chinese. Dajia Hao, which is a way of saying. Everybody's good. Everybody's cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dodger how. I, I should commit that to memory. Uh, Scott, uh, tell us, what first got you interested in near-death experiences?
1: Great question, Lee. Um, so, my grandfather uh, had a near-death experience on one side and my grandmother on the other. So when I was growing up, I just figured, doesn't everybody have near-death experiences? Uh-huh. And... Uh, so I was actually surprised when other people were surprised about near-death experiences. Um, but uh, actually, how I got involved in IONS was uh, I was driving by a Unity Church one evening at Friday, uh, and there was all these cars around there. I was going, why are all these cars around the Unity Church on Friday? And I was just led to go in, and I heard a presentation, and it turned out that the next month they were doing the International Ions Conference in Scottsdale, and I volunteered, and the rest is history, as they say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, um, my, my other, um, logical question, I guess, is, um, uh, how did you get involved in going to, um, Taiwan as a, I, uh, as sure. a missionary?
1: Well, the, uh, so, um, the way the uh, Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, the LDS Church, does it is uh, you don't get a choice of where you go, and uh, so I had actually taken some Mandarin Chinese in college, and I really wanted to go to Taiwan and Republic of China, but I'd heard all these stories of missionaries that took 12 years of Spanish, and then they went, you know, somewhere totally different, and so I didn't want to be disappointed. So I just said, Hey, I'll go wherever I'm called. Yeah, the place for me that I probably I picked a place, a spot on the earth I probably least wanted to go and was uh, psyched myself up for that and then when I got to go to China I was very happy.
0: <laughs> that's that's great. And then how did you meet uh your friend in China who's uh, building this website?
1: Yeah, great question. Um she actually reached out to uh, uh Ions and it was uh at the last uh, international conference, there was a reporter there from China, and uh, I believe it's through the stories that that reporter reported on that she contacted IONS.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, your uh, uh, interest in China has continued, obviously, since you've gotten back. Tell sure. us a little about the uh, the new leadership or the uh, or the expansion of the of the leadership in China and, and what's going on there?
1: Well, that is definitely, uh, to me, that, that may be the story of the decade and maybe the story of the century. Um, first of all, I, I had a, 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 violin instructor back many years ago, um, who was a genius in 10 different fields. And, uh, he predicted uh he said this century is going to belong to the Chinese and that's what prompted me to actually take Mandarin Chinese in college. Mm. And uh I think he's gonna turn out to be right. Anyway, um the uh but particularly what's been going on in the last five years, uh with President Yi, um nobody expected him to do what he's done. He was just sort of a compromised candidate. Uh, yeah, let's give it to this guy and he probably won't do too much damage. And uh, he has surprised uh, I think everyone. And so part of what he's done, I mean, his anti-corruption campaign was brilliant because that there were so many corrupt uh, um, officials that they, they have a special prison for high-ranking corrupt officials, and it's bursting at the seams right now. Mm. <laughs> He's, and uh, so, um, but he, he, he used that very skillfully to purge his opponent, because there was so, so much corruption, and, so, and it got broad popular support. And so he's he's been very uh skillful in what he's done consolidated his power, but um when it comes to religion uh and spirituality, that's an area where the government had uh been loosening up because they they had their other issues they were trying to deal with well now as president he is consolidating his power uh he's getting the uh Communist Party members, first of all, to toe the line. And uh, that means we're good atheists, and uh, near-death experiences uh, apparently are being lumped in, or at least uh, closely seen as religious, which isn't true at all. Um, and But therefore, if the government is against religion, especially for the party members who are supposed to be atheists, um, then by extension, uh, if you report any kind of spiritual experiences and definitely a near-death experience, that is suspect too. So, for instance, our uh, uh, the neuroscientist over there, she was frustrated because a lot of what she did was being censored by the government internet censors. And... So, um, but, you know, the, I guess until you, you cited the statistics, I guess until more Chinese leaders, if they have their own experiences, maybe they'll change their mind. I don't know, but we'll just see what happens.
0: Well, when, when I, uh, saw you in Arizona, about a week ago, I guess, we had a conversation about how, uh, the Chinese were, were experimenting with, um, a social rating, something like as you described it, uh, the kind of credit rating that people oh, yeah, have in this country. Yeah, yeah, and that, now, that, t- tell yeah. us a little about that. Well, um, uh,
1: from from the Chinese government perspective, all of the uh, power of the uh, computers and internet. Uh, this is something that they think i 'm going to give you the Chinese government perspective first uh, okay and uh so they won 't censor me at <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so from their perspective it 's a it 's a great uh tool for um promoting uh peace and harmony and boy, that is an important theme that they just keep repeating over and over again uh for the value of the Communist Party and the government Um, and the way that they see that they can achieve it is that if people get out of line even in their uh, thoughts or comments uh, on social media criticizing the government criticizing uh, things that shouldn't be criticized and of course promoting things that the government thinks should not be promoted which would be um, you know, subversive behavior, pornography, things like that, any kind of uh, posting or, or bad thoughts or whatever, The they now are experimenting in a few provinces where your credit rating uh, and it's much bigger than that, but let's just call it your credit rating, will be adversely affected. So you might not be able to purchase anything on the Internet, and eventually you might have not be able to purchase things you want down the street. That uh, That's pretty course of power there. Um, and again, they see it, the government sees it as, well, no, this is just making sure that people have strong motivation to be peaceful and harmonious. And China went through, you know, a convulsion during the Cultural Revolution, and even before that, there was great leaps forward where millions of people starved to death. And uh, so, I mean, the government has a very strong interest, and most people there have very strong interest in peace and harmony. Uh, a lot more than I would say people in the United States who haven't been through those. Terrible. And I'm going to emphasize terrible times uh, where, you know, people starving to death and people just, uh, oh, it's unthinkable what, what happened during those convulsions.
0: Sure. Well, um, China, as we know, is very technologically advanced these days. Mm-hmm. So does this mean that if um, someone were to email a, a, a pejorative comment about the government to somebody else or say something on the telephone or uh, or even if they went and bought a book that wasn't considered a, a, a politically correct to the, to the Chinese government could they be downgraded in their credit rating on that account?
1: That's exactly I mean they're rolling it out on a test basis but that's exactly what they're doing and uh, so it's I mean, at one time, uh, the thinking was that the Internet, you know, you have a free exchange of ideas that this was going to promote, um, you know, uh, more liberty, more freedom of expression, possibly democracy, democracy, true democracy in China, the dirty word. Okay, Mm. (laughs) Um, And so the the leaders who were in favor of there were some back in the. 1989 incident, uh, they're erased from history books, <laughs> and and so anyway, um, so the uh, I, I guess um, well anyway it's uh, it, now instead the internet has been used to actually uh, from an American perspective clamp down on people's freedom of expression, um, from the Chinese government perspective, no, we're just promoting peace and harmony. What are you guys talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as I recall, they had have pretty much banned that uh, famous photograph of the man standing in front of a tank in Tiananmen Square. Yeah. And in fact,
1: by mentioning it, we're getting... If we're getting this show centered in China, but keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, That's why I didn't use that. Uh, you, but keep going. <laughs> the, uh, the the other thing is, and um, uh, uh, would be my concern that uh, people might not be allowed to talk about, write about, or um, um, even go to the website. That your your friend is building, uh, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to near death experiences, that might be something that um, uh, they wouldn't that would downgrade someone's credit rating simply by being interested in the in the topic.
1: Yeah. Now, of course, that whole credit thing hasn't been rolled out nationwide yet, but uh, er- everyone expects it to be sooner or later. Um, so, let's just say it was rolled out nationwide um yeah, potentially uh, <laughs> I don't know how many points it would cost you on your credit score, but yeah it's, it's that's that's exactly what's possible in the future
0: right. right now let me let me ask you something else about this because China is so. Uh, interested in science and technology? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. What What if we reach a point where we can scientifically demonstrate that near-death experience is not just a matter of faith or belief, but is actually an event that is that occurs in people's lives? Yes, would they I, respond to that as as opposed to a, a religious belief?
1: Yeah, in fact, that was the uh, Chinese neuroscientists' hope point in uh, collecting information about near-death experiences is that uh, she was hoping that that would be, uh, um, well, that was the approach that she was using, and uh, she was hoping that that would, you know, lead to uh, governmental acceptance and possibly even, uh, you know, either benign approval or actual approval.
0: So um uh Ian's work with veridical experiences um mm-hmm. things that uh people observe when they're out of body uh that they couldn't possibly know about if they're flatlining on the on the operating <laughs> table or wherever mm-hmm. uh this is so, something that the Chinese might actually uh, consider um a, an appropriate area for um for investigation.
1: Absolutely. And for instance, I noticed the uh uh, Missouri uh, has a Journal of Medical, uh, so I guess, what is it? The Missouri Medical Society has a series of articles um, on near-death experiences that were um, both looked at the scientific basis of it and were uh, reports from medical doctors, physicians who'd had near-death experiences. So they combined those two,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: it's... Uh, I haven't read read the compilation yet, but apparently it was very fascinating. That's the kind of information I think that a Chinese government official could look at and go, Well, let's see, these are you know medical doctors they're trained in all kinds of things, and they're reporting these experiences personally and in their patients and then here's the research that shows just like you said, we um this person had, I mean, one of the most famous uh, instances was a private neurosurgeon, Dr. Evan Alexander, where he literally had no brain function at all. They were going to unplug him from life support, and yet he had this incredible near-death experience, and then returned to to uh, tell about it. And so um, that, I think that approach is probably the only approach that will work in China.
0: Wow. Uh in that case, um do you suppose that the leadership which you say uh is well the, the communist point of view is atheism, would they be moved to change their attitudes uh if this could be proven to be a, a reality?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think the uh the well actually Here's the point. <laughs> That's an interesting question, because if you prove that the near-death experiences are scientifically verifiable, and yet, I mean, that would be the part that they would be accepting of. The next step is more problematic, which is, well, let's see, if you have this experience, and particularly if you're a good Chinese party communist member and you happen to m- bump into God oh how do you explain that
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know if they're interested in peace and harmony there's no peace <laughs> you, and harmony there you go there you go <laughs> like bumping oh, into God
1: sorry. Maybe that's the way that we uh yeah, maybe that's the key. Yeah.
0: Maybe we approach it by pointing out that the 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 experience of the nde is uh, is the ultimate peace and harmony and there therefore compatible with Chinese yes. Yes. uh authoritarian regimes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Particularly if God says do whatever President He tells you to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some some might feel moved to get their uh, their credit rating up by saying such there, a there, thing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I- in a case like China then, it it's probably even more important that NDE research be conducted because because of the fundamental opposition to religion. So, mm-hmm. uh if 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 this NDE thing that you're working on, um uh can can be promoted properly without uh, offending anyone uh, this this could be a, 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 a really important turnaround for uh, Chinese thinking
1: yeah and there is one area in Hong Kong, in China that does allow uh, much more freedom of expression, that's Hong Kong and so um, there I mean people are free to you know, learn about it study as much as they want and uh, there isn't any overt government uh, suppression of that in Hong Kong, so that maybe that becomes a uh, a place a, a I don't a, you know free trade zone of ideas or something. Who knows?
0: Mm. Of course, if someone uh, uh, outside of Hong Kong um, goes into Hong Kong's internet and and looks at something. Like uh, NDEs, maybe, maybe that would still uh, downgrade their credit rating.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, there's 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 a there's an internet wall, <laughs> and people that used to be able to go around it, under it, over it easily now are getting you know, at least they're making it more difficult to do that. And uh, again, they're at some point, you know, they're going to get more than their. Uh, a notice or something. It's it'll be interesting. Let's let's put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you foresee a time when um, the uh, government in China will feel so secure uh, that corruption will have been eliminated, for instance, or you know at least <laughs> eliminated as much as is humanly possible, that they will begin to. Uh, Uh, open up some of their controls, that they will feel more confident that the people can handle, um, uh, you know, a greater amount of information on these things? Wow,
1: that is a great question, Lee. And here's my answer. Um, Hong Kong is the great experiment. And so uh, the people there have relatively unfettered uh, freedom of expression and thought. And, um, so that is, I mean, the government of China is, keeps very close tabs on what, what, what happens there. Um, they don't want that so called local, uh, it's not a true democracy, but boy, it's, it's more than you got anywhere else in China. And yes. so, um, that, I'll just call it the local de- democracy experiment. They're keeping close tabs on that. And, um, they're hoping over time, right now, they're hoping over time that they can just assimilate Hong Kong to how the rest of China works. Um, but, of course, um, the other possibility is, and it won't be when President Yi's term, I can guarantee you, right. but there will, will be future presidents of China. And uh, if 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 in Hong Kong they're able to have relative free expression of uh, ideas and opinions and have a, you know, limited form of democracy uh, and the people, and they don't riot in the streets, so to speak. Um, They've had mass demonstrations, but they've always generally been peaceful. And so, if that's able to happen, then who knows? Maybe at some point Uh, Way beyond President Yi's term, then uh, that might be a model that um, future Chinese leaders may feel uh, safe enough uh, um, to adopt. Hmm.
0: You had mentioned that um, uh, when you mentioned that China was probably going to be the uh, leading power of the future, it reminded me. That when my father was alive, oh, thirty years or so ago, in in manufacturing, he went to China and said the same thing. He said, the, "This is the country of the future." He, uh, he 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 was always one to get up at four in the morning and go out for a run. And he he would get up there and he'd see all these people out there doing qigong exercises, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and um was so impressed with the with the with the energy and the discipline of the Chinese people that he just marveled at it and said that they're you know they're going to be the ones to to watch in the future. And my sister on the other hand was with a Quaker group who 30 years or so ago traveled to China uh on you know these uh, American peace missions and um and she w- she was equally impressed. Now I saw in your the note you sent me that uh you actually can uh run tours over there you you take people over for a very reasonable price and uh I I would certainly be interested in doing something like that and maybe some of our listeners would too maybe you could tell us a little about that
1: Absolutely So um the Chinese government actually subsidizes 10-day trips certain trips uh for 10 days over to China Because they figure in 10 days, you're going to have to start, you know, uh, you're going to have to spend money there. And so they actually have a program where you can spend 10 days in China for less than $1,000 and, you know, do the math. You cannot, um, uh, you know, that's like $100 a day. And that includes airfare both ways. I mean... You, you you can't get over there in a canoe for that price, and and so anyway, and, and that's food, hotels. I mean, you know, it's it's an amazing deal. Um, so yeah, um, Lee, we can just write on this radio show. We're going to decide when you and I are going next, but uh, well, maybe offline. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: And, yes,
1: uh, <laughs> and, and then um, yeah, let's see if you've got some friends and. Uh, um, I'm volunteering to be your uh, Mandarin speaking guide. And the thing is, we would go here on that trip. You're going to go to places that they decide. But once you go to that, we we have plenty of time to do we want to do. And if, if I've got time, anyway, one of the interesting things I, I need to tell you is that uh, uh, one of the most important things is locating uh, public restrooms that are uh, Western style because they still have public restrooms that are the chinese style in fact that uh, out in the hinterlands that's the most common where you uh let's just say you i uh, do and you squat i'll just say it and uh, <laughs> i will I will relate one time i uh went to one of these and uh this is Long, long time ago, but anyway, I went to one and I said, "Okay, here's the public pay toilet." Uh, t- and so I went inside, and I had to go so bad, I just, you know, rushed in there. And, <laughs> and then after I looked around, I said, "Oh, there's no paper now. What do I do?" And uh, I, got a l- I-, I got a little knock on the door, and uh, this nice little lady, she opens the door. And uh then she hands me some paper and said, this will be like, you know, 50 cents. And I mm. said, I, you know, at that point, I would have paid her $50,000 for this stuff. <laughs> and, and, and so I said, now that's an interesting pay toilet experience, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, especially when someone of the opposite sex is the one handing yeah, exactly, you the paper. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I've been in bathrooms like that in Turkey and in yeah. uh the Middle East and I, so I I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Although I don't think I ever had a woman knock on the door and make an <laughs> offer like that. I try to prepare before going into <laughs> the toilet to have everything necessary. It, Including the strength of muscle to hold uh, a—I mean, this this is how they do it. But uh, you know, for most of us, uh, especially in advanced years, it's uh, sometimes it's a challenge. Right. Um, Well, that that sounds great. Uh, You know, this has been a wonderful show, Scott. And unfortunately, we are out of time. But um, we will be—we'll be in touch about this. And uh, you know, if we—if we can work something out, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, let the listeners know. Um, you know, if they'd like to join us. So, uh, Scott, perhaps you'd like to tell uh, the audience how they can find your book.
1: Oh well, uh, Amazon is uh, still the best way, and okay. uh, the uh, the book. It's interesting that. Uh, uh, if you look for books on how to motivate yourself, there are literally hundreds. But when it comes to motivating others, there's only a handful. And this one, 100 Ways to Motivate Others, How Great Leaders Can Produce Insane Results Without Driving People Crazy is still a bestseller. Like I said, it's in several languages worldwide. And uh, it's. I tell people, if you have a problem with motivating somebody in your life, uh, if you can't find the answer in there, I'll I'll give you a free book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, thanks again to our guest, Scott Richardson, for uh, sharing his observations on China with us today. If you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANs, check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.